Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. Good morning. It is December 12th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. And Rob Kendall has the day off. And in his place, we have the loquacious Brad Kloffenstein-Stein. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Casey. Loquacious? That's a big word. Yeah, it means you're talkative. Okay. And and since this is a talk show... It works. It does. Right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that somebody thinks I'm talkative, and apparently somebody seems to want to hear what I have to say. Yes, we which do. Which is double good. Okay, so we're going to start off the show where we kind of left off Thursday uh, before radio Radiothon hit on Friday, and that is talking about Brittany Griner. And the WNBA star, she was released from the Russian penal colony on Thursday after nearly a year in custody. The United States negotiated a one-for-one prisoner swap involving her and convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. Okay, so the U.S. and Russia had agreed to the swap about a week before it happened. And then Thursday morning, the White House confirmed that she was safe and they were posting pictures and videos of the president speaking with her on the phone. And then Biden said that he was glad to be able to see Brittany in good spirits and she's currently flying home to the United States. Okay, well, she's home. And I'm elated for her. I am super jazzed up. I'm very excited. But, and here's the big but, we can be more than one thing at one time, right? Uh, I'm glad she was released from the Russian prison. I'm happy for her as an American. But I'm also mad that she put the United States in that position. You know, there were warnings. Amen. Don't don't travel to Russia. And she went anyway. And... How about her agent for sending her there? Yeah, now I don't know how many other players went over to to Russia after the warning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, if you remember this time a year ago, Russia was massing troops on the Ukrainian border, mm-hmm. and Russia's like, "Oh no, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. We are we're just doing exercises." And the United States is like, "In the heck you are!" Yeah, and we told everybody to get out. So if you hear this warning. And you decide you're still going to go anyway. Wouldn't you be really sure that you're following all the rules and regulations and laws and you're not doing anything to put yourself in that position you would think to be that, detained? The, the one thing that that bothers me about this is not only did she do something that broke Russian law, mm-hmm. which you should be very aware of the laws of the region that you're in, the state you're in, wherever you are, be aware of those laws. What she did is also illegal in the United States. Mm, yeah. So it it's the double bad. You're right. So she she put everybody in a bad position. I, I'd like to know more. I, I don't know how many prisoners Russia has that are Americans and how many does America have? How many Russians do we have? I mean, how many people could we potentially swap back and forth? Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like Russia was only willing to talk about her. Sounds like they got the much better end of that deal. So NBC reported that at one point they were talking about Paul Whelan, and then NBC edited that article 
and removed it very much like the Paul Pelosi story. So did NBC have it right the first time? Or did somebody get a hold of NBC and say, oh, change that information? It was very weird because the article was up and it said, yeah, they were going to exchange Victor Boot for Paul Whelan. And then within minutes, it was taken down and it was a different story. And then it became Brittany Griner. So I'm really curious about the NBC thing going on there. Yes. You know, like, was it the correct report to begin with and they were told to change it or they had their information wrong and then they changed it? I'm guessing it's the latter that, that, yeah, that NBC was tipped that there was going to be a prisoner exchange and they either assumed or were informed it was going to be Paul Whelan. And then all of a sudden the, the actual information came out and like, oops, we mm. posted the wrong story. Yeah. Well, the best thing that I think she could do for her image Go to a high-profile event, stand with your hand over your heart while singing the national anthem at the top of her lungs, and this gives her the opportunity to say, America's the best country on earth, and I would know. Let me tell you why I would know, but without actually saying it. I mean, she needs to be the symbol of patriotism going forward and show humility, gratitude, and appreciation. She got anything else to say, I don't want to hear it. I would hope. I don't want to hear. I, I would hope because, yeah, the United States did her a solid. Yeah, they did. Um, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, I, I could I could watch Peter Ducey go at the uh, White House press secretary. I mean, like, that could be a TV show in itself, right? Yeah. It's just so entertaining. But here he is, and he kind of rattles an unhinged Karine Jean-Pierre. Ha, ha, ha. After calling out Biden's prisoner swap to free the Russian merchant of death. In this prisoner swap, why did Russia get such a better deal? Look, you know, I've talked about this, uh, and I'll say this again. Here were our choices. Our choices was uh, Brittany or no one at all. Bringing home one American or no American at all. And, and that's a professional that's, athlete. We gave up a prolific arms dealer who was convicted of trying to kill Americans, who was called the merchant of death. The professional athlete is also an American citizen. So let's not forget that. Who and deserved and so, so and 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 I have explained how the Russians have illegally uh, treated, totally illegitimately uh, treated his situation. I've been very clear on that. Uh, we've laid that all. We've laid that out for you. Uh, and again, the president felt that this was an opportunity to bring Brittany home. He is going to continue to do everything he can to bring Paul Whelan home, just like he did with Trevor Reed, just like he was able to secure Trevor Reed's release. Okay, so what about Paul? Whelan's brother spoke out stating he was happy for Brittany and said that the Biden administration made the right choice of one or none, although he expects catastrophe for his brother. He said in a statement, I'm so glad that Brittany Griner is on her way home as the family member of a Russian hostage. I can literally only imagine the joy she will have being reunited with her loved ones and in time for the holidays. I mean, talk about handling a situation, a devastating situation with dignity. He, he could have come out and said, I don't agree with this at all. This is a Marine. But instead, he really showed grace on behalf of his brother, who is still he detained. Did. Yeah. And Biden's presidential envoy to hostage affairs said, we still have options to bring Paul home. And they're very exciting and interesting. 
Okay, so let's talk about uh, Paul Whelan. Mm -hmm. What options, realistically, do you have to bring him home? I would love to tell you about it because to me they're very exciting and interesting, but we have to, in these negotiations, because they're ongoing, we usually have to keep our cards close to our chest. But are there cards? Uh, there's always cards. Uh, the options are always being evaluated. Uh, they, we have to adapt at times. Exciting and interesting options that are, you know, cards that are still on the table there, Brad. I I am on the edge of my seat, waiting mm-hmm. with bated breath. We'll yeah. see. I, I, I'd like to, I'm, I'm anxiously waiting to hear from Brittany Griner to hear about her treatment, mm-hmm. to see how much it appears that she was coached by the State Department, and uh, yeah, how much were are her words as opposed to how much is the State Department's words. Okay, well, this U.S. Special Envoy for Hostage Affairs, Roger Carstens, the one who actually helped put her on the plane, said he came out and said a few things. He said, when she finally got on the U.S. plane, I said, Brittany, you must have been through a lot over the last 10 months. Here's your seat. Feel free to decompress. We'll give you your space. And apparently, Brittany Griner said, no, I've been in prison for 10 months listening to Russian. I want to talk. But first of all, who were all of these guys? And then she moved past him and went to all of the members on the crew, looked at them in the eye, shook all their hands, asked about them, got their names, trying to make a personal connection with them, which is what you want to hear from her. Casey, if that was you or I, and we'd been hanging out with Russians in a prison for 10 months... I'd be be hugging hugging and kissing them. I'd be crawling on people like a spider monkey. Yeah, (laughs) right, right, exactly. Okay, well, President Trump came out, and he said on Sunday that he had previously rejected an attempt by Russia to trade the merchant of death arms dealer Victor Boot for Paul Whelan, insisting that he would never free someone who has killed untold numbers of Americans. He said, I wouldn't have made the deal for 100 people in exchange for someone that's killed untold numbers of people with his arms deals. Uh, Trump posted that on his Truth Social. And just as you would expect, Politico reporting now that Victor Boot is back in action. An hour ago, they said, yeah, he's he's back working for the Russian government. So now we're sending money over to Ukraine to fight, help them fight this war. But yet we just gave them a big chess piece. That It's fascinating that yeah, Brittany Griner is in a some sort of a facility that's a reintroduction type facility. Mm-hmm. This dude's back at work. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Had you ever heard of Brittany Griner before this story? Before she I had heard today? of her, just yeah. through, through sports channel. So I, I was at least familiar with the name. But I, yeah, if you asked me who she played for or where she was prior to get arresting, arrested, I would have been like, I you no wouldn't, idea. you wouldn't have known that. Nope. So um, the United States doesn't provide an official figure for how many U.S. citizens are attained abroad, but the James W. Foley Legacy Foundation which is named after a journalist who was abducted and killed in Syria, says that there are at least 60 U.S. citizens wrongfully detained worldwide in about 18 different countries. And uh, one of them is named Mark Vogel. He's been detained in Russia for the same thing as Brittany Griner. And White House spokesperson John Kirby says that he can't or won't explain why Mark wasn't part of the conversation. 
I want to ask about Mark Fogel because he's a U.S. teacher. He, he's taught in Russia for, I think, more than a decade, roughly a decade or so. He was taken into custody in August of last year, also coming through an airport there, had uh, medical marijuana with him that was prescribed by a doctor because of injuries and surgeries that he's been through. He's been sentenced to 14 years. He obviously doesn't have the name recognition or the celebrity of a Brittany Griner, but he's been held on similar charges for longer than she has. Why wasn't he part of this conversation or this deal? There's a, a limit in, in this particular case uh, about what I can say publicly. I, I can tell you we're obviously mindful, of course, uh, but there are some constraints here in terms of what we can say uh, uh, publicly. Uh, I, I can just broadly say uh, that when it comes to wrongful detentions uh, of Americans around the world, overseas, whether it's Russia or anywhere else, uh, we're going to work as hard as we can to, to get them home. Okay, so the lesson here, don't take your liberty for granted. Don't take your freedom for granted. If you're going to travel abroad, learn the rules before you go. That's what we said earlier. And you answered my question from earlier that there's 60 people Mm -hmm. that we consider wrongfully detained in 18 countries. Yeah. So. And and if you are detained, just apparently make sure you have the correct ideology and you'll get home faster. Right. So the lesson here is uh, don't take your weed on the plane. Yeah. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC with Brad and good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, it is 923. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And Rob is out today, but Brad Kloppenstein is filling in this morning. Thanks for being here. Okay, so not only did the Twitter files dump over the weekend, part four and five and a tease of six, or I don't even know what number we're on. They just keep coming. And we're going to get into that, of course, later on this morning. But the other thing that dropped this weekend was the Harry and Meghan doc. And we have to do it. We have to talk about yes, it. Yes, we okay? do. Sure, there are plenty of bombshells and claims uh, we could talk about. Why Why did she call him H throughout the whole thing? Uh, so Meghan many Mar- syllables in Harry. Me- <laughs> yeah, Meghan Markle just kept referring to him as H. And it's almost like she is just trying to completely erase his identity of ever being part of the royals. And part of that is just giving him an entirely new nickname, H. She called him that throughout the entire documentary. Did you watch it? No, I did not. I'm, I'm sure I will. My my wife is all about everything British. Mm-hmm. So British baking and British other shows. So I'm sure that that's going to be on our, our things to watch this week. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. And the first, think? the first episode was just so sickly sweet. And it just seemed disingenuous like they were trying to prove to the world how much they were in love and they kept using the word past the past tense for everything we were we liked each other like everything was past tense now i know that they were taking a trip down memory lane but it, it just seemed odd that everything was in past tense um they were warned by king charles not to attend his coronation Um, which I I think they would guess that's going to happen after they release this documentary anyway. Casey, have you ever been banned from a family gathering? No. 
No. <laughs> this is like being uninvited to your sister's wedding. I would show up anyway. Even if even if yeah. they said don't come, I'd be like, I'm coming. But uh, some of the uh, bombshells that were released, okay, so they met on Instagram. They began recording video diaries in 2020. So when they were out doing all of their public engagements, uh, putting on a show for everybody, the whole thing, the whole time it was recorded. And Harry said he knew early on that Megan was the one. Okay, so let me. What's your over under on how long until we hear that they're they've split? They're, they're getting over, a divorce, right? I don't know. Harry says that uh, he inherited his mom's cheeky personality. He went on to compare Meghan to Princess Diana, which of course is going to ruffle a lot of feathers, uh, probably that's, in Britain. That's very Oedipus of him. Yeah, and in the uh, the royal family. Uh, Harry was harassed by the media from an early age. He said he he didn't want to he didn't want to do that to his wife, and that's why they left. Uh, he talked about his dating struggles, where he was going to have to find someone who could not only fit into that family but also uh, be able to thrive under the media scrutiny and live in that bubble. Just just a lot of a lot of things. Um, if if they do decide to go to the coronation, as Security had better be tighter than just a couple stern warnings from your dad, unless that's just, you know, he doesn't really mean it. Well, given that the general public is invited to attend a good portion of the, at least the procession, I, I don't think that the general public gets to be into the church. Right. They could be part of the general public. Right. Out now, there waving flags. Now, I know when, uh, when Harry and Meghan said that they didn't want to be royals anymore, they walked away. Mm-hmm. Do you think they really walked away from ever? They walked away penniless and mm-hmm. said, "We want no part of the royal fortune." Or do you think they said, "We're going to walk away from most of this, but we're going to take a few million dollars"? Oh, with they us. didn't. They didn't walk away penniless. Are you kidding? I mean, maybe that's why they're selling themselves out to Netflix. Yeah, maybe they're broke. Okay, and speaking of Netflix, uh, they could really be the big winner of the documentary. Uh, Netflix wanted to raise their viewership by two and a half million in this fourth quarter, and they're saying that the subscriber base, based on this documentary, could go up to four point five million. I was surprised to hear that Twitter needs to have a bake sale, apparently, in order to make it through the holidays. <laughs> the last I'd heard, it was something like thirty percent of all web traffic was was Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, they've got plenty of subscribers now. Maybe everybody's using their grandma's account. They they have two hundred and twenty three million paid subscribers. So, but they're hoping that really this documentary might be what keeps them streaming into next year, right? Well, I guess, yeah. Well, on something like that, you don't need viewership. It's not like they're paying by the the episode. But you're right. It, at least something like this keeps their subscribers engaged mm-hmm. and hope. Hopefully they renew and you bring in new subscribers. My impression, though, is that Netflix is doing just fine. Yeah. If you happen to watch the uh, documentary, I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Leave us a message at 317-684-8444. You're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. 
Good morning, 934. And a new poll says that 70% of people don't want Biden to run for a second term. This was a new CNBC All-American Economic Survey. So, yeah, 70% of those polled said they don't want Biden to run. Most of them citing his age. Yes, and 30% didn't know that he was even serving his first term. Uh, This is interesting. 86% of the respondents, Republicans, said they don't want him to run. But also 57% of Democrats agreed they don't want him to run either. I think we all knew two years ago he was somewhat of a placeholder. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the way, which the Democrats and how they sort out their convention and then all their primaries and then the superdelegates and and all that. But I mean, I thought that was pretty wide open. I honestly thought Mayor Pete from South Bend, mm-hmm. your your former residence, yeah. I thought Mayor Pete kind of had an inside track to it. The next thing I know, everybody's dropping out. And like, yep, it's going to be Biden. Yeah. Like, and I think that was just, we're going to put the old man in there mm-hmm. and have four years of what we thought was going to be a moderate. Turns out everybody around him is far left. And here yeah, we are. Yeah, well, they also pulled uh, Pete Buttigieg aside and said, it's not your turn. Just wait. And then they, and then he magically ended up in the cabinet. Yes. So that was kind of like, hey, drop out. We'll give you a cabinet position and your time will come. And I think his time will come, Mayor Pete. Mm-hmm. I think he still he still wants that job. And, you know, like I said at uh, night with WIBC, I think he might still be the guy. But first, Biden's got to say he's not running and just last week he he was saying that it all depends on what his family wants and then his family came out and said yeah we want him to run again so uh, i don't know if it has completely to do with his age i mean he's going to be 86 years old at the end of his second term so i think yes age has a lot to do with it but let's not forget about lockdowns and the inflation from his colossal spending the worst trade in wnba history and his policy, you know, his his foreign affairs policy. And here, Kevin McCarthy says that Biden's exchange for Brittany Griner is a big win for who? Oh, for Putin. This is a big win for for Putin by far. The merchant of death, when we when he was able to be caught, this is a man that went around trying to kill American soldiers. This is a man who sells weapons. We're now having a war in Ukraine that Biden is concerned about. He's, even his own DOD is concerned this man will be back on the field, back selling those weapons, back engaging in what he was doing around the world. Think about the exchange here. The merchant of death for a WNBA star who was picked up for marijuana. What a victory for Putin. But what else it does, it makes every American who is overseas vulnerable. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they can pick you up on a trumped up charge to get somebody they want out. This is what's wrong. This is a sign of weakness. It goes back to what Secretary of Defense Gates said, that every decision that President Biden has made in his 40 years when it comes to foreign policy has been wrong. And this is wrong. He left a Marine behind. Think about it. It's not an equal exchange. I'm glad an American's coming home. She was arrested for a trumped-up charge. But to exchange the merchant of death for this, mm-hmm. it's made us weaker, yeah. it's made Putin stronger, and it's made Americans more vulnerable. So more reasons why people don't want Biden to run again. Oh, yeah, they're, 
there's many. I mean, yeah, his foreign policy, his domestic policy, inflation, mm-hmm. uh, gas prices have come back down mm-hmm. amazingly. Yeah. Uh, wannabe Speaker Kevin McCarthy says the oversight for Biden and his administration, it won't be payback, but rather checks and balance. Well, it's called oversight. We're going to call it oversight and accountability. And it's exactly what the responsibility is supposed to do. Jamie Comer will be the chair of it. And then what you have for the entire conference, what you find is a microcosm of the conference, will be sitting on oversight. But think of this. All the things that that oversight and accountability did not do in the last Congress. They never brought cabinet members in. They never had a discussion about all the money that was being spent and wasted during COVID and others. They've held none of the government agencies accountable. So this will be very new where these secretaries will now have to come in and have a real say and an understanding of this hard-earned taxpayer money. What have they been doing? Have they been wasting it? And you want to have a check and balance. It's a responsibility regardless of who's in the White House or not. The Article I uh, provisions of Congress, we should be a check and balance of what's going on. And that's exactly what we'll do. It's not payback. We're not Democrats, but we will hold people accountable. That's the difference. We won't pay politics with it, but we'll take it wherever the truth plays. Mm-hmm. The accountability accountability meeting. Now, right? I'm, I'm going to throw out an admonishment for both sides right here. Yeah. One of the reasons that America works and has worked for 240 years is that you can take issue with the government and the governing party. And even if you end up on the short end, you are still free to participate and there are not reprisals. And both sides are starting to get into this murky water mm-hmm. where whoever the winning side is weaponizes the government against the losing side. Yeah. If this continues, that's going to be a problem. Well, we'll find out in January if Kevin McCarthy gets his wish come true to be Speaker of the House. One of the names that I've heard being thrown around is uh, Luger. So who knows? And you don't have to be a member of the House to be the Speaker. They can nominate right. somebody else. So that's an interesting proposition well, as well. Trump, for a while, was saying he right. would be would him. Be, he would be Speaker. Uh, but here, Kevin McCarthy explains why it, it should be him. He should be the guy. Our goal was to stop the Biden agenda, to win the majority, and fire Nancy Pelosi. We achieved all of those. At the same time, if you watch other Republicans, in the Senate they lost, the governors lost. We've been able to win. We are the only line of defense. And what we need to do is find a way that we come together. We had our primary after the election. I won 85% of the vote. I believe at the end of the day, we'll all find a place to get together. Because this is what happens if we don't. No subpoenas go out. No ability to use the power of the purse to stop this ESG and others. No ability to repeal 87,000 IRS agents. No ability to really make this economy and make us energy independent. So yes, we'll find a place to get there, and I think we'll have the continues the discussions until we do. All right, Kevin McCarthy. Coming up next, we're going to speak with Mel McMahon. Uh, We had Radiothon over the weekend, and I thought it would be good to get a final number from her, and that's on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And joining us on the drive, Hubler.com hotline, we have Mel McMahon. How you doing, Mel? 
Good morning. Honestly, still recovering. I'm a little tired, but I feel just great and inspired, and I, the spirit of Christmas is alive and well. What are you talking about? Did you do something this weekend? <laughs> yeah, we had this little program called Radiothon mm-hmm. where we're on the air for 36 hours trying to raise money for Central Indiana kids through the Salvation Army. You know, no big deal. No biggie. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you, are you recovered? You know, I'm still tired. I'm not going to lie, because there's so much work that goes into the event Mm -hmm. leading up to the broadcast. Then you have the 36 hours of the broadcast. Then you have the cleanup of the show and the data and the prize giveaways and all this stuff. So we're we're still technically working on Radiothon, but, you know, I'm just, I'm so excited about how things turned out and our WIBC listeners are fantastic and yeah. so generous and that keeps me going. They are amazing. Okay, now when we first got on the phone, you said that you were still counting. Uh, you still have donations rolling in at this point. Is that true? <laughs> We do. So WIBCRadiothon.com is alive and well, and we have had listeners donating since we went off the air. We still have kettles from Sullivan Hardware and Garden that we need to count. Mm-hmm. And the new tip-tap technology where you can just tap the little $5 mark on the kettle, we still have to pull that report, too. So the number that I can give you today mm-hmm. is not exactly the final number, but it's still a great one. Okay, now when things were, and I, and I recall that you extended it, you were supposed to end at 6 o'clock on Saturday, and then you put the phone call into the boss and said, can we please go a half hour more until the IU game begins? And he apparently gave you permission, or you just blew him off because you did extend it till <laughs> 6.30. And And when things were wrapping up Saturday at 6.30, I saw the total and it was a new record, but that total is still going up. So let's tell everybody, what was that total that was an all-time record for the WIBC Radiothon? We are at $430,675.76. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And Casey, you know, just three radiothons ago, our goal was $250,000. So to see how this has grown over the years, to see the generosity of Hoosiers continue to grow, and for people to really recognize the need and recognize the great work of the Salvation Army, I mean, that's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really big number, 430,000. What was it, 430? Mm-hmm. 676? 430-675.76. Wow. Amazing. So, so thank you to Cynthia and Carmel for your $100. Dell and Fishers for your $100. Chad in Indianapolis, $52. I mean, people know there's a need, and they know the Salvation Army is going to help take care of it. Okay, so that's about $200,000 more than in previous years. So what do you attribute <laughs> yeah. that to? Well... A lot of it's passion, Mm -hmm. right? Denny Smith kept saying, don't yell at me. And I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm passionate. We have a formula. We know what people want to hear. We know what works. But really. I heard Pat Sullivan say, uh, passionate, you're persistent, but passionate, persistent. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. But really, you know, the biggest difference over the last few years, honestly, is our corporate partners that have stepped up 
to give match dollars and give angel dollars and really give motivation for our listeners to chip in too. That's where we've seen a lot of growth, Mm -hmm. a lot of growth in those partnerships. Okay. So you had put out there that the goal was 450,000 and you're at 430,000. You got to be feeling good about that. I know that's a little shy of the goal, but my goodness, it's so much bigger than it has been in previous years. It's huge. It's huge. And, you know, the goals look a little different, right? The Salvation Army goal was 400. Mm -hmm. So we hit the official goal. Gotcha. Last year's record was Mm 426,000. So we hit that. So my goal was to beat the record. But I really thought we could get to $450,000. Like, I I still think there's someone out there listening (laughs) that can go to WIBCRadiothon.com and chip in 10 bucks, chip in 100 bucks, chip in $500. And if everybody listening right now does that, Mm -hmm. we will hit that $450,000 goal. But you know what? I set really high expectations for myself, but I don't get disappointed if we don't hit the mark because I'm so impressed with Hoosiers and we still beat last year. And I think by our 30th anniversary, so this was our 28th, Mm -hmm. next year's 29th, Mm -hmm. 30th anniversary, I think by our 30th anniversary, we can hit half a million. I was going to say, you're going to go for half a million dollars, huh? Yeah. 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 So it's just, it's, it's baby steps, right? The goal is to keep growing. If we raised less than last year, I would be very concerned. However, we still beat last year's record, and I'm so, so happy about that. And when do the when does the kettle money get put into that pot? When do they... So that should be thrown in today. That okay. Be counted today, and then we can throw that in. Mm-hmm. And we'll pull those tip-tap records today, too. So is this so, like a thing where we're going to have to check in with you daily? <laughs> well, because we the number well, just keeps growing? If it keeps growing, sure. You know, it used to be like, you know, 6 p.m. when we were off the air, that was it. Mm-hmm. But... That's when we only had a phone bank, mm-hmm. right? You couldn't donate online, and so and we had all the we had the entire finance department at Radiothon running manual credit card numbers, mm-hmm. right? And they would count the kettles right then and there. So six p.m. that number that was the final number. Mm-hmm. Now with technology and the fact that you can still donate online at wibcradiothon.com and the fact that we have kettles that have to go back to divisional headquarters to be counted now that number it does change the first couple of days so i'm hoping tomorrow we should have the final final number okay so now if it's a significant change i'll let you know okay okay you let us know and i heard you and uh pat talking about how as soon as it wraps up you you take maybe a day and get some rest and then you start working on next year have you guys done any analyzing of how things went what you would change what you would add what you would do differently next year or going forward Oh, Casey, I started doing that in the car on my way home. Did you really? Your wheels were spinning, huh? They're already spinning because each year I want it to be bigger and better. Mm-hmm. And I look at the entire time because I'm there the whole broadcast, yeah. right? So I'm sitting there with every single host. I have last year's numbers pulled up next to this year's numbers. I'm looking at the future numbers, you know, for the remaining hours. Like I'm analyzing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so. I watch how people respond to stories. Mm-hmm. I watch when the phones are ringing in response to a guest we had on. Mm-hmm. 
I'm watching when the phones are ringing and the donations are coming in, you know, after we uh, have a band play, you know, like I'm watching all of that. And, and so I'm and already you determine, about how we move it around. Did you determine how fantastic the Kendall and Casey show did? It rocked. It rocked. We should have just had you guys on the whole time. It no, rocked. no. We want to give everybody a chance to contribute. That's the thing. So let's remind everybody uh, the good work that the Salvation Army does. Yeah, yeah. So the Salvation Army meets the needs of the community it's in. So what we were talking about at Radiothon is you know making sure kids have presents under the tree at Christmas, ballet lessons, art classes, basketball teams. Being able to go to Hidden Falls Camp in Bedford, Indiana, where a kid can pay just $10, but the Salvation Army covers the other $400 it costs to go there. You know, we talked about protecting kids at the Women and Children's Shelter in downtown Indianapolis. We talked about giving kids their parents back when their parents get to go through the Harbor Light Center or the Adult Rehabilitation Center. It's all about preparing kids Mm -hmm. to be the leaders, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want kids to fall into the same trouble that their parents have had. We want to break those cycles. And that's what the Salvation Army is trying to do. Well, Mel, you did a fantastic job. It was my first year being a part of the Radiothon, and I'm looking What'd forward. What did you think? I, I thought it was organized superb, and <laughs> you guys you. all did a fantastic job, but I'm really, really most impressed with the WIBC listeners and just how generous they were, because $430,675.76, wow, that's a nice chunk of change to help out our neighbors and our community and all of our friends in need here in central Indiana. And you know what, Mel? I was also impressed by the contributions that were coming in from outside of Indiana. We had yeah. people we had people contributing from Arizona and Florida who were listening online. So I, I just think it's a real testament to how passionate the WIBC audience is and it's just fantastic so hats off to you and hats off to everybody and Pat Sullivan and Denny Smith who did a lot of hard work but but mostly I, I have to congratulate our audience because they stepped up in a big way we wouldn't have been able to do it 28 years without them, yeah. so I'm looking forward to year 29. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks, Mel. And you uh, keep counting, but try and get some rest in there, okay? Thank you. All right. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.